Welcome to Beside the Burn for Tuesday the 12th of September. This is the daily podcast from Burnside Presbyterian Church. And Monday to Friday each week we delve a little deeper into the passage that we've been looking at together on Sunday. You can go back and listen to that passage. This week we were looking for Jesus in the Old Testament and we were finding out that Jesus is the priest, the the great high priest. So as we looked at all the regulations in the Old Testament about how priests were to be dressed and consecrated and their functions, we discover shadows of Jesus and we discover what Jesus is like. Yesterday we were looking a little bit deeper at Melchizedek from the Old Testament, how Abram appeared to him and gave him a tenth of his possessions and also how he was mentioned in Psalm 110. Today we're going to go into the New Testament and we're going to read a lengthy passage from Hebrews chapter 7. 28 verses, so it is a a longer passage. And as we read through, I'll maybe say a few things uh, about the passage. But here, the writer to Hebrews is describing to us how Jesus is our high priest and how Jesus links to Melchizedek and how Jesus links to what we have read in the Old Testament. The book of Hebrews has been fascinating as we've gone through um, Exodus and as we've looked for pictures of, of Jesus there because so often the writer to Hebrews has done the hard work for us, has explained it for us in great detail and that's what's happening in this chapter. Now, you may be saying to me today, well, why bother with this? This this sounds quite complicated. Well, it's it's not too complicated. We've already mentioned who Melchizedek is, so uh, you, you know that he is this priest who appeared. And the whole point is to show us how much greater Jesus is. The whole point is to focus upon Jesus and to remind us in our faith who Jesus is what he has done for us, what he continues to do for us. And we have confidence in Jesus. As we read this passage today and we learn about Melchizedek, it should give us confidence to trust in Jesus, that he's not just here for a moment and then gone, but he is here forever and will not forsake us. So let's read together. This Melchizedek was king of Salem, and priest of God Most High. He met Abram returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. So that's key because everything in the Old Testament usually revolves around genealogy, how um, a person has come and what their past is. But here we're seeing that Melchizedek has just appeared. There's no genealogy, there's no past 
to him. And that immediately brings us to Jesus. Although we have a genealogy of Jesus um, through Joseph, his father, we realise that Jesus himself comes as a son of God and therefore does not fit into human genealogies. So verse 4. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi who become priests to collect a tenth from the people. So again, there we have it. The earthly priesthood is from Levi. They carry out the similar functions. They receive a tenth from the people. Verse 5, that is from their fellow Israelites, even though they also are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promise. And without doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In the one case, The tenth is collected by people who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. One might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham. Because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. So there's a, a, an intricate little collection of verses which is really trying to get across the fact that Abraham, who was considered the greatest of the great, the one whom the whole uh, children of Israel were descended from, he bowed to Melchizedek. And if Jesus is in the line of Melchizedek, then no matter how great we think we are, we are to bow to Jesus because there is no one greater. Verse 11. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. So here the writer of the Hebrews is saying, look, Jesus is your priest, but... I know he can't be traced through the tribe of Levi because he's actually from the tribe of Judah, as we well know. But that will not stop him being your priest because he's linked to this guy, Melchizedek. So let's uh, carry on reading here. Let's just go back to verse 14. For it's clear that our Lord descended from Judah and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest, not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. Jesus' priesthood cannot be taken away from him. 
Verse 17, for it's declared, and this is what we read in Psalm 110 yesterday, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. Others became priests without any oath, but he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. So again, here we're seeing how Jesus is greater than any earthly priests. They um, serve and then they die, but Jesus remains. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. So as a priest, Jesus is interceding for us. He is the mediator. He's the one who stands between us and God. And therefore he prays for us. He brings us before his father's throne. He's always with us. We don't need another human to do this anymore because Jesus is the one to do it. Verse 26, such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. This is Jesus we're talking about. This is how special he is. And verse 27, unlike the other priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. Again, this is what makes Jesus special. He's not going through the the normal daily rituals in the temple. He offers himself as a sacrifice and it is once for all the sacrifices offered, we trust in that perfect sacrifice. We don't have to keep making a sacrifice. So verse 28, for the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son who has been made perfect forever. So what a wonderful description of our saviour, Jesus, we have. And let's not forget that Jesus is the one who is to be exalted. Jesus is the one whom we are to follow. Jesus is the one to be worshipped. So let's praise him together. And as we come in prayer, we're asked today in our uh, Let's Pray guide to pray for John Coulter, uh, chaplain at the Ulster University in Coleraine. And we're also asked to pray for the PCI Church in Dundalk. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, once again, we come to you this day and we give you thanks for Jesus. It just stretches our minds so much to think of how wonderful you are, Lord. And just how great and different you are, how holy you are. And Lord, help us to grasp that a little bit more today as we live our lives. Today, Lord, we pray for your church. We pray in Burnside here for our girls' brigade and ask that you would bless uh, the girls as they meet tonight and as uh, they uh, have fun together and find out about you. 
We pray for John Coulter, the chaplain at the Ulster University uh, in Coleraine, and we ask that you'd be with him as he makes new contacts at the start of this new term. We pray for the Christian Union in Coleraine as well and in the Northwest area. We thank you for the Christian Union's Ireland Prayer Support Group that meets in Burnside each month. And we thank you for uh, the work that goes on supporting the students and praying for them uh, and helping them at this time. Lord, we also pray for your church in Dundalk. We thank you for the Holiday Bible Club uh, that took place over the summer. We pray for the young adults group in the congregation and we ask, Lord, that you would be at work and would dwell richly in the hearts of all who hear your good news. So, Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.